Good evening. You are listening to a Radiligion Broadcasting premier podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Radilage. And tonight, our favorite show is Heels, season one, uh, which aired on Stars. S-T-A-R-Z. Stars. Extreme. I don't know. <laughs> August 15th, 2021. Um, November 2021, it was renewed for a second season. Which it was Okay. Thank God. I'm, sorry, I've been trying to keep up with that. I'm really excited about it now. Uh, it was brought to you by the good people at O'Malley Inc., LBI Entertainment, <clears throat> Lionsgate Television. They just don't make movies anymore. Paramount Television, they're still a thing. Um <laughs> And stars. It stars Stephen M. Ellis, Jack Spade, uh, formerly of Arrow fame, Alexander Ludwig uh, as Ace Spade, formerly of Vikings fame, and Allison of Luff, who you've seen many times, but she's in nothing you've ever heard of. Also, Chris <laughs> Bauer from The Wire and The Deuce and lots of stuff that Love David Simon did. Joining me tonight is a professional wrestling fan extraordinaire and your dungeon master for you misbehaving folks. No, wait, not that kind of dungeon master. Whoa! <laughs> he, he likes to shuffle your decks and play with your miniature. Um, <laughs> what the frick, man? <laughs> Roddy Adams, how do you do, sir? I was doing pretty good. Now I'm a little, uh, a little flustered, sir. I didn't say anything wrong. Nothing I said there was untrue. It's true. I do shuffle decks and play with miniatures. That's right, sir. Ronnie, you don't get to do a lot of wrestling talk with me. Um, I don't. Like you don't. You're not. You're generally speaking, you're not on any of the live wrestling reviews that we do. Um, we need to change that one night at least. At least. Well, you know, we're going to be doing some live streams of of wrestling events, starting with uh, the Royal Rumble. So maybe uh, in 2022, you know, we can yeah. live stream some stuff instead of reviewing it. Yeah. In any case, yeah. If you want to be on for one of those for eight hours, as you know. dear God, okay. <laughs> You know, I definitely want to try to do it for WrestleMania. I'm going to be in a tent um, in my living room. Ah, okay. I thought you were going to WrestleMania. No, no, no. <laughs> but that's like a two-night event, so there'll be lots yeah. of time for people to stream. Anyway, um, mm. how long have you been a wrestling fan for? I remember watching The Killer Bees with my grandpa. Wow. Have you ever read their graphic novel? I have not. That's like the legit tag team graphic novel? Yeah, there's 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 a like a company. Like that B. Does Brown Blair. Yeah, there's a there's a, le, a legitimate company that does graphic novels for, for wrestlers. They've done like Bruno Sammartino, Nikolai Volkov, wow. and there's one for the Killer Bees that was like three or four issues long. Chris Bailey and I have been talking about doing that forever. Anyway, you were saying I need to read that. Well, I remember watching Dusty and Rick and mm -hmm. uh, who I met Rick Flair. Uh, <laughs> Did he pull out his baby arm? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> uh he did um uh, did he approach you in justice robe like that no 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 he, he he was about i thought he was about to pull out his baby arm because there was a nice a, uh, a uh attractive female there i paid for my <laughs> autograph and my time and didn't get much because there was uh an attractive female and he just Sorry. paid more attention to her and i was like well of course you're a dick and i walked yeah. off 
Absolutely. I didn't say that to him, but I was like, well, thanks for the time. And then I met met Arn Anderson, who was like the sweetest human being in the world. Yeah, Uh, I've heard Arn's pretty cool. He's a really cool dude. But uh, I've been, I remember watching Dusty and and Rick and uh, reading WWF magazines uh, with my, you know, but that my grandpa got. Um, I remember it was Dusty in a chair with the powder that, that was blow away diet kind of stuff. I think it was Dusty mm-hmm. in the chair. And uh, so that, I mean, that was going back, I mean, however long ago that was, man. And so I've been a, a, a wrestling fan mainly then because. My parent, my mom, and my grandma told me not to. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? I went back there and watched it with my grandpa, and because they were like, "You don't need to watch that," and I like, <laughs> I'll do what I want. And went back there and watched <laughs> it with my grandpa, okay. who backed me up. And then uh, from there, I, I, I kind of stopped watching it for a while because when he passed, I mean, there wasn't really, you know, much in it for me at, at that point because it was just kind of a reminder, you know. Yeah. And then I just found the love for it again around in high school and uh, watched a lot of Raw, got a couple of pay-per-views, uh, and then have been uh, a fan since. And I haven't watched a lot of it lately because I got rid of cable. Mm-hmm. So I don't know a lot what's going on. I would like to watch more AEW uh, than I do, but I watch a lot of old stuff. And then I uh, just recently subscribed to Peacock, so I've been watching a lot of... Uh, yeah, let me let me tell the good people how the sausage is made here. So occasionally, Ronnie will pipe into our what we call our former network chat. It's no longer that anymore, but all the people on the network are still in it. So whatever. Um, in any case, <laughs> the, the occasionally Ronnie will pipe into the chat. Hey, I haven't watched wrestling in a dog's age. What's going on here, or is this worth watching? And of course, you know, ask a silly question, get a thousand yes. silly answers. Yeah. And, um, uh- but yeah, I've been, I've been, but uh, but mostly I watch like Smoky Mountain, uh, all oh, okay. the old stuff. You know, I watch smoke, a lot of Smoky Mountain. I watch uh, just I could watch that stuff over and over and over, and a lot of old WCW and so, uh, ECW. So it's pretty clear why you would want to watch this. Then I mean, oh, this is yeah. he- Heels focuses on a um, a regional territory independent professional wrestling organization in present day. So it's you know it's they they wrestle in an um in an old rail yard for a couple hundred people and they are just just keeping the lights on yeah yeah i I think at one point in the show they're like i wish i could pay you guys you know yeah they all all have real jobs you know they're they're either working in gas stations or as bouncers um for the passion man Stephen amell who who inherited uh the organization from his father we'll talk a little bit about that he actually sells lawn riding lawnmowers, things of that nature. Yeah. So, um, so it's it's pretty clear why you and I would be interested in this. This is a drama mm-hmm. where wrestling, you know, it's it's about a lot of things. It's about relationships. It's about the relationships between the brother. It's about the trauma of losing a father to suicide. Um, but wrestling is the is the core of it. Wrestling is the theme. Wrestling is the backdrop. Absolutely. Um, and That's Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell, I think, wrestled Cody Rhodes. Uh, I want to say Stephen Amell has wrestled Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. uh, Christopher Daniels, mm-hmm. and he also wrestled in WWE. He wrestled uh, Dolph Ziggler. Okay, I believe he wrestled Dolph Ziggler. So this is a guy who has at least spent some time training, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously has a respect for the business. And I think he's a producer on this. Um, it was created by Michael Waldron. 
Uh, and he's got a lot to do with it. Yeah, he ha- he had to have some hand in yeah. the creation of this thing somewhere. This is clearly a passion project for him. Something that I think he I think he wanted to dig into and talk about. Um, it's not as bleak as something like uh, the, wrestler. the wrestler. Yeah, but it's also not over the top silly to the point where even people in the business were negative about it, like right. Young Rock. Yes, or. You know? Uh, ready to rumble. Yeah. Or, yeah. It, it doesn't make this out to be a circus. I think mm. there are some kind of... There's some use of the carny language that I think is a little out of place in this show, but I think for the most part, they really, really tried hard to sound authentic and present mm-hmm. the, the, the world of independent regional professional wrestling as a real place that real people exist in with real problems mm-hmm. um, and, and, and pay it its respect. I think... I think it's an I think it's as honest a look as you can at the industry uh, for a fictional tele- television show. I, I, um, and I completely agree because first and foremost, if you if you read anything or know anything about Stephen Amell, he is a fan. Mm-hmm. He's a professional wrestling fan. Uh, if you watch his AEW matches or anything like that, don't if you watch he does get in WWE, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if you watch his AEW match or anything like that, he actually has trained and does well. I mean, yeah. he can't throw a fake punch to save his life. A worked punch, I should say. Mm-hmm. He could throw a fake punch for the camera. Oh, sorry, but a work punch. He did eight seasons of that in Arrow. Right, but a work <laughs> punch is a little different because you're mm-hmm. really still making contact, mm-hmm. but you don't want to knock the guy stupid. Right. So um, he he he's learned. I mean, like mm-hmm. he was doing backflip drop kicks and dives off the top rope and all this other stuff. And he doesn't like do the flippy dippy stuff like. Uh, Ray Mysterio or the Young Bucks or anything like mm-hmm. that. He is a solid worker that can yeah. take it to the top, or he can just do some technical stuff as well. Now, granted, in the in the show, there you know it's cuts and you know wait, hold on, let's get this right, things like right. that. But it's still the work rate is still there. You can tell sure. he still trains, and um, so I, I love it because the other thing is a lot of people don't realize a lot of young wrestling fans don't realize or don't know what a territory is right and that's when i grew up were territories man i live in burlington north carolina i live 30 minutes away from the what was the wrestling mecca mm-hmm. of the united states greensboro north carolina so you've Any, been to the greensboro coliseum i have if you like anybody the house, like the house that flair built isn't it exactly Anybody that was anybody went to the Greensboro Coliseum. That was that was mm-hmm. Times Square or, or right. Madison Square Garden. Right, you right. know, that was Madison Square Garden. I said Times Square um, for wrestling. I mean, Don Kernodal, Um, I've seen the Kernodal family around here all the time. The Kernodal family owns everything around here, I feel like. Uh, their name is on, on everything. Um, Sergeant Slaughter lives here. Really, you wow. know, yeah. So I've seen him multiple times. You know, bought bought him a beer at a restaurant, things like that, um, just to say hi. And uh, nice guy, especially when you're buying beer. Um, but you know, this is the place. So I, when I moved here, I realized I was in a rich wrestling culture. Um, and you know, there's a lot of indies around here. Um, <laughs> there's a an arena, the Sportatorium is what it's called, the prestigious Gibsonville Sportatorium that holds 150 people. Ah, maybe. Yes. <laughs> maybe. It's about the size of an elementary school 
cafeteria? Us, uh, just a hair smaller. <laughs> because when they do dives outside the ring, they literally lean over and go, "Can you move?" <laughs> and then they do the dive. And I beg your pardon. I beg you to uh, slide this way. <laughs> can, can you can you move over just a little? But uh, I don't know why they sound like an old man. But uh, it, it's you know when I saw this, I was like, man, this is really going like what I grew up with and what I yeah. love. You know, I don't love. I hate to say this, but I don't love WWE. Yeah, because it's. Does. It's too big. It's too flashy. It's, sure. it's production. It is a movie. Yep. This is wrestling. They don't get to say wrestling on WWE anymore. Mm-hmm. It's sports entertainment. Or you're a superstar, not a wrestler. You right. know, people are fined over this crap. This is getting back down to the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. And I like it. And I'm a sucker for dramas on TV, too. I have watched Riverdale and Friday Night Lights and... Uh, all this other bull crap that, you know, is just nothing but drama. And I'm a mm-hmm. sucker for that, but this is actually not like that. This mm-hmm. is really good. Yeah. This was, this was better than I, like, I didn't think it would be bad. No, I would have been surprised if it was better than but what you thought though. But it's, it, yeah, it's, it's a couple of hairs better than what I was anticipating. So let's get into it. Um, as the rest of the uh, cast goes like this. Mary McCormick plays Willie day, Jack's business partner, uh, Kelly Berglund is Crystal Tyler, a valet and love interest for Ace. Mm-hmm. Alan Maldonado is Rooster Robbins, a, um, who is the high flying star who is seek- who keeps seeking uh, fame and whatnot and being denied. James Harrison is Apocalypse, a disillusioned journeyman wrestler. Roxton Garcia is Thomas Spade. He's uh, Jack and Stacy's son. And the aforementioned Chris Bauer, who's the best character in this whole show. Is Wild Bill Hancock, <laughs> a former wrestler, star turned pro wrestling scout. So we'll get into it, but I do have to ask the airplane scene. Did you just have to turn it off and go for a walk? Because I know I you, I'm laughing hysterically. I'm oh. like, yes. You know, I was waiting for him to pull out, you know, to do the helicopter, you know, but I guess you can only get away with so much on stars. But I mean, like, right. his, his Johnson was not obstructed. Not and, you know, at all. I was going to say, like, they've really got away with pretty much full frontal male nudity. And, you know, and I mean, I'm watching that. And I was thinking to myself, no like, Ronnie has to have just gotten up and walked into the woods to live deliberately for a little while. <laughs> I was sitting there watching and I was like, there's no way. This is too over the top for them to actually show. Oh, there's his dick. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was it. That was and it. I was like, there it is. There after it is. hearing, like, did you watch, and I don't want to get into a whole side tangent, so I really just looking for a yes or no here, but did you watch Dark Side of the Ring on the plane ride from hell? Yes. <laughs> you can't even it, argue with it because nope. you're like, like, oh, this, like, no one would really, oh, Ric Flair. Oh, Ric Flair. Oh, Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, all, as soon as you say, oh, Ric Flair, all arguments are done. Case settled. Guilty. Sentenced. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's over. If right. if you're listening to this and you haven't watched Dark Side of the Ring, please do. Yeah, I, uh, on that on that particular subject, and then yeah. watch this show. Pat and I got into it. It's go back in the archives. We reviewed the yeah. whole season and talked yeah. at length about the playing ride from hell. <laughs> of course, you did. <laughs> There's uh, so much more to cover on that whole <laughs> season, but you got hung up on the plane ride from hell. Well, that next PW, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, all right, so all of these episodes, there's, it's it's a short season of television. The average has been between ten and thirteen. This is really short. It's almost a mini yeah. a mini series. Uh, it's eight episodes, or about an hour long, and they're all and all the episode names are named after Carney wrestling slang. Yep. So episode one, kayfabe. 
Jack Spade, the owner of the Duffy Wrestling League in Duffy, Georgia, which, by the way, made my eyes roll, controls everything inside the wrestling ring. But outside the dome, he fights to balance his family, his real job competition from a bloody wrestling promotion that also rolled my eyes at. Plus, his little brother, Ace, who is the new face of DWL, is interested in bigger organizations, causing former wrestler turned scout Wild Bill Hancock to show an interest. Jack's refusal to drop the DWL championship to Ace in their upcoming match, feeling that him retaining is a better storyline, causes further dissension between the brothers. Jack betrays Ace during the match by beating him within seconds, causing Ace to break down in tears as the fans shower the ring with trash. All right, I'll go to you first on this. What did you mm. think of this first episode? Um, it had me hooked from the very first. And, um, I, dude, I, I, I can't explain it because the characters I love, mm-hmm. um, the... Oh, what do we got here? Last Rider 216. Yeah, it's Robert. Oh, hey, Robert. He says, yeah. between the plane ride from hell and Mark's XBW stories, that took the lion's share of the runtime. That's the, but that's okay. That was entertaining. We talk about what we were interested in. Exactly. Oh, right, so go, go ahead, Ronnie. Um, I so, to distract you. Oh, no, you're fine. I, I did it myself. But um, the, the, the characters, first of all, they just, they caught me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and the fact that they didn't give everything away. They didn't yeah. pardon pardon the the phrase. I just don't know how else to put it. They didn't blow their wad all in the front. Um, they just didn't say, "Okay, this is what happened. This is what they're going through. What's going on?" They they did that slow burn reveal mm-hmm. of every problem they were having with each other, and and everything else, and um, and the fact that was that the first episode that he didn't drop the belt to him. Yeah, he, the, yeah, he made him they, tap they, out. Yeah. They, so Ace is so Jack is the dirty stinking heel, and he's the champion of the promotion. Yeah. Ace is the big time baby face, and what they allude to at the be at the beginning of the season, starting with episode one, is how much Jack. Um, j- j- if he's Jack has the, any kind of talent, it's that he's a creative storyteller. Absolutely, and he's, and he's he the has writer. vision. Yeah, yeah, he has a vision. For what things should be, and a lot of times, and and I kind of think, and I don't want to. He lets that vision thing. step in front of what should actually happen. Uh, but I think about the story Steve Austin told about um, Vince McMahon and him losing to Brock Lesnar on Raw in the King of the Ring, and it's like, you know, Vince clearly had in mind a story that begins this way, and Steve, you know, has never really revealed what the whole story was. Yeah, he just knew that it was going to begin that way and it was going to end later on with them having a more meaningful match. But um, in any case, it's it, it, Steve and, and Vince is a really good example of what they're getting at with Jack and Ace, where Jack has a vision for a long-term story that in the immediacy of what's going on, Ace doesn't see. Ace right. only sees that he's popular. People like him. He should have the belt. Right. And, and kind of doesn't see the next well, Ace step. is a spoiled brat. It feels yeah, like he's very he's entitled. A spoiled, yeah, very entitled little brother, and uh, so he he can't see the forest for the trees. Right, and then sometimes I think Jack bites off more than he can chew. He mm-hmm. dreams too big, but doesn't have the foundation built. I you know it's funny. I um there's I really did like the show a lot. There were a handful of times though where I kind of uh, there were periods where I was watching this in my bedroom uh, with my wife who was reading at the time and kind of and I would kind of turn from the television and look at her and go this is one of those shows where people were just a hair smarter there would be no story. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. 
True. Like they, there, there are some dumb decisions made in this thing. And I mean, not lock human and, decisions. Not, yeah, it's not lock and key contrived for manufactured no. drama reasons. More on that Tuesday. This is more. <laughs> <laughs> this is more. Um, these are very flawed people who Absolutely. make some bad decisions. And 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 as a and for myself as an audience member, it's a little. It's a it's a little um, uh, cringy. It's it's a little frustrating because like you like these people, like you want like Jack's yeah. not a bad dude, but Jack. But a big part of what the show deals with is his inability to balance, as as the synopsis says, the, the life work ba- life work balance between his real job, his you know his his passion job, his thing that he inherited from his father and his family, and well, Jack kind of drowns in all of it. And then look- here's, here's what I wanted to say later on. And we'll talk about this, but later on, when yeah. Ace is tempted to jump ship to the the ECW, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I wouldn't call him the ECW. I, well, the, I was going to say CZW, baby, stand in for whatever the 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 hardcore deathmatch promotion. Yeah, um, the stand in for that part of the world. Um, you know what what you get from Jack is this feeling that he has to save everybody from everything. Right, right, right. You know, if, if everybody else is dumb and makes terrible decisions, and Jack, you know, who has been delivered from Jesus to help everybody else find the, you know, the path of righteousness, right? It's like you are a flawed individual too, and you will, and yes, you are your brother's keeper, but sometimes you just got to let people fall on their face, and he, Jack can't do that. He has that vision of what mm-hmm. he wants everything to be. Yeah. And he he has inherited this from his father and it has been meant so much to this community mm-hmm. for so long and he sees what it could be. And now that he has it, Triple H has taken the reins from Vince McMahon. Yeah. Because the only way that he can get it is when McMahon dies. Right. And that's what happened with Jack and and his father. So, he sees everything and he wants to put the cart before the horse mm-hmm. and start buying the cameras and buying the smoke and buying the lights and buying all this other stuff. And, um, and, but, but first he needs to work on who he's got. Right. And, you know, he has this dream and he lets, he, he goes, he, he does too big without working on the small first. And then you've got uh, big fish in a little pond with ACE. Mm-hmm. ACE didn't wrestle until finally his brother brought him in and he started being a star. So what has happened? He's a big fish in a little pond. He gets a big head on him. Thinks he needs the strap right now. He needs the belt right now. And so they butt heads, of course, because they're brothers. Well, it's important to know that I think Jack was actually ready to give him the belt, but until he there, messed up. An, okay, yeah. So earlier in the episode, um, Ace is going into a convenience store to buy some stuff, and he um, and he gets into it with the clerk, who is a heavy woman, and he basically was like, "You're so fat, you might eat your dog." Right. And, right. With something along those lines, like he really goes off on her and makes this woman well, feel bad. The way the what it is is like he doesn't have any money because he doesn't have a job. Oh, so that's right. He, he tries to he, steal the gum. He tries to steal the gum, and every t- and she goes, "Hey, Ace, put it back." Every mm-hmm. time you come in here, you try to steal something, and I catch you every time. So you know, you, you need to put it back because he's making his buddy buy everything for him. All right. So he put it back. He was embarrassed, and then she took it a step further. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's her fault. That's right. She she he, he she looks at him back. and says, "Your daddy would be ashamed." Right, and this is like a trigger thing throughout the entire series. Mm-hmm. Is like they're all willing to be reasonable 
adults until somebody brings up their father. Their father. We'll talk about why. I don't want to talk about it just yet. But and that sets him off, and that's when he calls her a big fat ass who, who would eat her dog. Yeah, he well, he told a story about how you think my daddy was so nice to everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, he made fun of you and said you'd eat your dog. Yeah. You know, so and this is gonna which, rear its head later. Yeah. And when, when Jack's wife, you know, um, so it, it's important to talk about what happened in the match before we move on. So um I'm sorry. He yeah, he cries in the ring. This the thing with the Kleenex that happens in the next episode. So well, when we sometimes I'll throw wrestling terms out there like mm-hmm. like worked or whatever. So a mm-hmm. worked, like I said, a worked punch is uh, a punch that doesn't hurt. You know that mm-hmm. they know it's coming. Um, when I say that he put a shoot arm bar on him, yeah, that means it's a real arm bar. He really was trying to tear his arm off his sh- shoulder, right? And uh, so we'll go from there because yeah. I'm. He- he kind of goes into business for himself, you know, mm-hmm. but the, and it's funny because it lended the point of that in terms of drama is he was trying to lend authenticity to that moment. Yes, because he knew and this you, and this is what we mean by he had the vision because this is episode one. You don't find this out until like episode seven or eight where he's like, I knew if I did this to you, you would react this way. And that's what we needed from you. You know, you don't need it's like you. It's almost like a grooming process. Like you don't know what's happening to you until you, it's been happening yeah. for a while, and you're like, "Oh, okay." The other way to kind of think about it would be, you know, Miyagi getting Danielson to uh, Daniel paint to, the fence and right, sand the and floor. He doesn't realize he's he's doing muscle memory to learn blocking right. until he's doing it. Episode two. Well, uh, one one quick thing. Sure. When when we look at the first episode, the name kayfabe. Kayfabe is the term for keeping the story going even out in public. Yeah. So um, that is an important part of the wrestling business for Jack Spade. Mm-hmm. Even though Vince McMahon and, and everybody else has opened up and says, oh, wrestling is a big show, blah, blah, blah. It's still real to him, damn it. Is you know, like the <laughs> it, old It comes up a video. lot during the show yeah. where people are like, well, isn't it fake? You know, if that's the thing, this is somewhat of a love letter to wrestling, but it's a love letter that also recognizes it has its ugly parts. Yes, you know, which I like. I you know, yeah, I would absolutely. rather I, I would rather a warts and all authenticity than you know something like a ready to rumble, which makes it a pure fantasy, or the wrestler, which makes it like why would anyone go into this or or the other right. one, the documentary that drove the McMahon's crazy beyond yeah. the mat. Beyond by the, the end mat. of it, like why would anyone do this? Well, there's, there was a part where he's driving around in his in his uh, his truck or his you know SUV or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and he's he's driving and he's looking straight ahead and he's got that that Jack Spade look on his face, that mm-hmm. absolute monster heel bad guy look on his face. And there's two kids that are riding their bikes and they stop and you hear them go, "Oh my God, it's Jack Spade! Look, it's Jack Spade!" And then he just turns in his head and has that that scowl, that mean look on his face. Look, mm-hmm. ah, run! And they just run right. away from him. Right. And he, he, just he has to sell lawnmowers to pay his mortgage. Right. And he's <laughs> smiling and laughing because that brings him so mm-hmm. much joy. Right. That, you know, that he's kept the kayfabe and the story alive for these kids. And I was like, oh, my God, that's beautiful. That is such that's the way wrestling used to be. Without getting too distracted, that is why people go into the dramatic arts. And I'm going to include dramatic, wrestling into the dramatic arts mm-hmm. because people want to play. There's a joy in play. Yeah. Why um, do you think I'm, I'm, I'm a dungeon master? Why do you think I play D&D? Because you like to whip girls. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Episode two. Episode two. Let's All move right. along. <laughs> Dusty finish. As the DWL uh. wrestlers worry about the fallout from the previous promotion, Jack struggles with 
what direction to take the narrative in his league, causing interest from his competition, Charlie Gully from the Florida Wrestling Dystopia. <laughs> right. The Dubai names in this are home. amazing. Yeah. Um, it, the, the, like the, Some of the names in this are a little silly. But I guess you kind of beef it up for the audience, you know, yeah. who... I, I, I always talk about this, like, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that's out there uh, that's about wrestling isn't for niche wrestling fans. It's for the general audience. Yeah. Um, and so, like, if you're, you know, if you're watching this with another person who doesn't watch wrestling, you really do have to, like, make it beefy and colorful and, and almost silly yeah. because, like, you have to get the attention of a general audience member. Absolutely. Or Absolutely. you're, you're going to lose them. Um, if this is if this is too in the weeds, if this is too niche, you don't get that. You, you only get then that niche audience. And not everybody who's an indie niche wrestling fan is going to watch this anyway. It's just like later on in the series, you go to – they're, they're having a party mm-hmm. that's just a constant party for uh, Florida dystopian re- wrestling yeah. or whatever, wrestling dystopia. And like one guy's jumping off of a thing and through a table and all this other <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, this is like all the frat parties in the world combined. Yeah. And I'm like, that doesn't really happen. Right. You don't hear, yeah. I mean, I mean, granted, you hear the odd story of, of the Steiner brothers shoving markers up someone's ass, but it wasn't right. an everyday thing. Yeah, exactly. And they, <laughs> and they made it out to be an everyday thing for this, right. for this um, particular, you know, group of people. Meanwhile, Ace is out of control and wants to quit wrestling after crying after the crying match in which he thinks he this is an end to his career and goes on a bender and down. After Jack fights along Ace in a bar, Ace agrees to return to DWL, but states he does not want to ever get booed by fans. So I loved the scene in the karaoke bar because yes. and what made it funny to me was Ace is drunk and he's singing bad karaoke and there's a guy in there who's got some size to him, you know, bearded guy. Mm-hmm. And this is such a small town. Everyone knows each other. So Ace, so Ace is doing his thing and the guy heckles him and Ace is like, I know a story about you and I'm going to try to embarrass you. And it backfires because the guy is like, the guy just has an answer for everything Ace says. And Ace is not as quick witted as he tries, to, as he's trying to be. Right. So this, so this guy completely pulls the rug out from under Ace, and it was so funny because like I've seen I've seen that very same scene done so badly in other places to where the guy who Ace is trying to get the goat of takes the bait. Yeah, and and they wrote it this way because it was the story they wanted to tell. There is just how fractured Ace really is, and Absolutely. and how small and and everything else. And so this guy not taking the bait and being the better man until it got physical really cracked me up. I, I love that scene for that reason. Yeah. I, and I agree with that. That It was smart. It was a very mm-hmm. smart play to do it that way because, like you said, I mean, like, not everything's roadhouse. Yeah. The bad guy doesn't always take the bait and and, and swing first or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not every time, you know <clears> – <throat> When you're drunk like that, you're not going to be the quick wittest or the smartest. Quick, yeah, the quickest or the smartest with the comebacks or anything right. like that. So it was, it was more, it was a, it was a, a realistic situation for me, mm-hmm. and that's what I appreciated about it. Um, I forget. I think you start to see more of his relationship with his mom in this second yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also get to see him kind of seeing Crystal, who's his valet, as something to be see her. Uh, she's a lot of her if you know what i mean um but he he seems to regard regarding crystal as an object and not as a person that becomes very clear in this episode that the world exists to serve ace's needs and ace 
And she uh, is an object to serve his needs. Yeah, and Ace just takes, 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 and and does and gives nothing back. This is where we get like the entitled thing. But like mm -hmm. you see it, and over the course of the, you not only see it with his mother, but you start to see it with his father too, where there there's a clear hierarchy to the brothers in the father's eyes. Jace is, oh, Ace is the favorite child, you know, and Jack is the workhorse. Um, and we'll talk about that as the as the series goes on, but. Um, you start to see all of that in this episode with Ace. This was a very mm -hmm. Ace-centered episode. Uh, episode three, Cheap Pete. In an event to drum up more heat for GWL, Jack enlists the help of popular wrestling veteran Ricky Rabies, played by CM Punk. In a great performance, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, did you ever read it? I know you're, you're a big comic person. Uh -huh. um, until I, I drove you away from the comic podcasting. <laughs> you <laughs> did, you, away. did you ever read his Drax comic? I didn't. I need to. Mm -hmm. I wanted to. I, the I heard good it. things. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was good? Yeah, I heard good things. Okay. Uh, so CM Punk is great in this, regardless of how you feel about him personally. Yeah. Um, and he's currently in AEW now. He did a great job with his acting role in uh, in this show. Um, he, he has come worlds, leaps and bounds from his, from what I saw him in. For, he was in some kind of horror movie uh, one time, and it was he did pretty good. It was like, man, yeah. you could tell you're a rookie actor on this but he did really good in this i think it was because of the the element he was in yeah uh oh his tattoos man okay gone did you not notice that i, I wasn't paying that close attention they I, was covered more, up his... I was more taken in by his mullet oh yeah they covered <laughs> up every one of his tattoos oh interesting okay uh. um he intends to set up ace with a full house for his comeback in the main event with newcomer bobby pin meanwhile rooster rollins is questioning his worth in dwl with a championship belt and so is Jack's wife, Stacy, who wants to get away from all the wrestling drama. After the DWL fans reject Ace's attempt to rehabilitate his character, he finally agrees to turn heel. Okay, so this is the bit where he tries to deliver the in-ring promo. It goes poorly, and Jack instructs somebody from the crowd to throw uh, little bags of Kleenex. At did they Ace. show him instructing them? They it just implied. did it. They just it, well, did it. Yeah, it, well, it's implied because you see her... You see her... her him giving the person the box you don't oh. yet know what the what's in the box okay yeah and i knew that on they start later on you find out that he bought him right the kleenex at him and then after mm -hmm. and then after a time you find out that he bought the kleenex and he told her to give them out and all this other stuff um but it's the throwing of the kleenex at him and the whole chant yelling cry baby that finally sends ace over the edge because the belief is that jack thinks that ace you know that and again, this goes back to the interaction with the clerk that Ace is such a jerky personality. He may he may have a heart of gold way deep down on the inside, yeah. but there's so much um, there's so much on top of that that's negative that he's a money be best, deal. Yeah, it would be best to take advantage of his current of, of, of the, the way he's perceived by people in town now and use that to you know try to make some money. I want to talk a little bit about Rooster. Because Rooster's whole thing in this is, I'm a great athlete. I'm I'm a great wrestler. I should have the belt. And it's funny because like if you're watching this as, as somebody who doesn't watch wrestling, you're like, I don't understand why the fake wrestler wants the fake belt. What is if especially if there's no money involved? What is the point? And, and it's so you know. And we talk about this. There are wrestlers like the Ultimate Warrior and Goldberg who like this is a job. Yeah, this is a job that I come to do, Brock. and I get paid for. You know, and Brock, and that's and that's the end of it. And then there were people who 
know that wrestling is a work, but act like it's the Olympics. You have like your Bret Hart's, you know, the Bret joke. Hart. It's still real to Bret Hart. And and Rooster comes from that mold of Bret Hart guys where, mm-hmm. you know, what am I doing if I'm not working towards the belt? And a lot of wrestlers have said it too. If you're not here to be the champion, why are you doing this? But the implication is the championship is where the money is. It's, yes, they pay you extra if right. you're holding that belt. Well, but the not other only thing that, is- but you get opportunities with the belt. The opportunities and, and, to do media, opportunities exactly. to do things outside of wrestling. And here, and the other thing is, <clears throat> when they give you that belt, the fake wrestler gets the fake belt. But it's not just that; it means that your bosses trust you. Yeah, and, you know, and the, and the, you're the face of their company, right? You'll now. be a draw for the company and sell tickets. Absolutely, that's what that belt represents. Yeah, and they but and they trust you, act- and they they put that that faith in you, right? But there are guys that act that. like like it's a real accomplishment, like right. Like, like you earned, you know, a boxing or UFC title. Well, you had to legitimately win a fight, right? And then there's guys like that, and then there's guys that just see it. They want to accomplish that. That they want to mm-hmm. win that. They by being a good employee, you know, and 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 working working towards that. I mean, le- legit. Uh, how about you put the belt on me and I beat everybody. Yep. <laughs> that yep. is a classic Bob Holly line. How about you put the belt on me and I'll beat everybody. Yes, Bob. Oh, Bob. Oh, yeah. Bob. How many belts did you get? <laughs> how many? How many students did you beat up? Yeah. Um. In any case, I, the impression I get from the rooster character is he's one of these guys that's that's the, the it's still real to him. This is yeah. I never hear him talk about. But I'm muddy. I will draw. It's always about I'm the best athlete. I. It never really comes up. It come. It kind of comes up once. Yeah, where he where he says to Jack, "What's my real name?" And Jack like just blurts out all this information about Rooster that he knows because he does pay attention, he does value Rooster. Um, but he doesn't. See, but you know, your 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 best, most flashiest, most exciting gymnastics athletic performer is not always your best draw. Right. So before we recorded tonight, sort of date this recording, I watched Master P and Amazing Red's promotions show tonight, House of Glory. Um, Wait. Let's just move on. In the main main event was Will Ospreay versus Amazing Red. And my wife watched the main event with me. And uh, I said, oh, she's like, who's the who's the tall British guy? And I'm like, that's Will Ospreay. He's the current hotness. He's he's the new Kenny Omega. And um, he's good. And here's the thing, though. Will Ospreay is known by people, by niche wrestling fans, as probably the best wrestler currently, you know, mm-hmm. currently out there. I think it's like him and I think the belief at the, at the very least, near as I can tell, is it's him and Kenny Omega kind of in yeah. a neck and neck race. Yeah. And um, and depending on your preference, you know, either one of them could be that at the end of the day. Yeah. And I said to her, I was like, but does Will Ospreay outside of an organization like this with seats maybe 500 people at best? Is he really a draw? Is this a guy that sells out, you know, Cowboy Stadium in Texas? I know it's not mm-hmm. it's AT&T uh, Stadium in Texas, you know, in, in, at a WrestleMania. Is this, you know, is that is that the guy? Probably not. And that's the difference. Like, he might just be, and in and I don't know this about Will Ospreay. To be, I'm just using him as an example. Will Ospreay might be the kind of guy that's like, I'm the best wrestler out there, and I should I should be in that spot. Certainly that was CM Punk and Daniel Bryan's position. When uh, mm-hmm. you know when it was their time, and there there might have been a legitimate case for CM Punk at one point. Uh, there wasn't for Daniel Bryan, 
Um, uh, there was Daniel Bryan was not selling out any stadiums at any point in his career. Um, I I cried like a baby when he won at WrestleMania 30, but that doesn't mean he was selling it out on name alone. Right, but no, but he was over. He was really super over with the fans. So, um, other people believe differently. I'll just put it that way. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, um, it is too. So anyway, but point being, the whole reason I went into that side tangent is there are just some, there are guys that they're good hands. They put on good matches. You have to have a card full of guys that can do different things and be entertaining, but uh-huh. not all of them necessarily are individual draws by themselves. And that's kind of Rooster's story with this is that he believes he is, you know, he, he believes that because he's the best that he'll be a, a draw. And even when he defects and goes to uh, Florida wrestling dystopia. He's used as bait. Yeah. You know, it's like, if we lure this guy in, he'll lure in the big fish, you know, well, they, they had the, the value is still not seen with him. Well, they dropped the belt on rooster uh, when they pulled him in and then they were going to make him drop it the week, week after. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, so he, he had no value. Right. He was shock value for him. It didn't, it, and it wasn't anything about his talent level. Nope. It was about the perception of him. Absolutely. Um, there's a big thing the series deals with, you know. Uh, it's just, a, it's just a very weird thing because, like, the casual person, like, I don't know, like, I don't know how much of that they would pick up on, you know. And, and they I, might they get lay it down on the idea good. of why does he care so much. They lay it down pretty good, though. Yeah, I think they lay it down pretty good as far as, um, they make it pretty obvious that like he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. That he's losing the belt in a week, and he doesn't, and he's still walking on cloud nine. He's like, "Look at this championship belt. Look mm-hmm. what I got. Look what you don't have. Look what you could have had." Blah 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 blah. And then what he does know is that Ace had a conversation, you know, before said, "Oh, by the way, next week when you debut in your first match, you're getting the belt off him." Right. Like, whoa, you know, kind of a deal. Like, well, well, you know, where, where's he getting this big head at? Because they lied to him right. to get him in there. You know, they flashed money and coke and women and everything else in front of it. Listen, that party was crazy. It was off the chain. Um, they had everything. And yeah. uh, so, you know, it was just like, it, 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 it's sad to see that because legitimately on the other side of it, you know, it's, it's legitimately, it's good versus evil. The mm-hmm. battle for these guys' souls. Mm-hmm. And it's Jack was the angel. And I can't remember his name from dystopian wrestling as the devil. And they're mm-hmm. fighting for the de- the, the souls of soul of ACE. So one of the things that is starting to happen, the seeds have been planted. And at this point, it's just a slow, slow grow until it finally blossoms into, you know, drama and insanity yeah. is how Jack isn't seeing his wife. You know, the phrase, yeah. the phrase that has been bandied about in common parlance these days is to be seen. I'm not being seen. I'm not being heard. I'm not being seen because the opposite is I see you. And she doesn't feel seen by Jack. She feels like, you know, she's an appendage, you know, and, and, and she's learned, you know, you try to be supportive of your husband who's burning the candle at both ends. He's trying to keep up, you know, trying to do his job. He's trying to keep his father's dream alive. He's trying to manage some fairly <laughs> unmanageable personalities. He's trying, yeah. to pull his, he's trying to stop his brother from, you know, walking right off the cliff right you know and so you feel for jack because you know jack's not a bad dude he's he's overwhelmed and he's having a hard time trying to figure out what the priorities are right for him it's all important it's all equally important and you know 
when it's, it's that's, that's a quick way to burn yourself out you know but the yeah. wife meanwhile is like is this all there is wrestling all there is you know is is my husband ever going are we ever going to be a partnership because it doesn't feel that way now and in the seeds of it are there in this episode and it just it grows and grows and grows over the course of the next several when's uh, we, this was episode three was that, that wasn't the defining moment where she mowed the grass was it no i, no, I that's actually don't remember I'm when sorry. that is yeah. But she yeah, has that defining moment, that that wake up moment of mm-hmm. like he ain't gonna do jack around here right now. So right. she gets up in the attic with a BB gun, kills, kills the squirrels, the squirrel. yeah, and then she goes downstairs, cracks a beer, <laughs> goes out to the um, uh, the lawnmower, cranks it up, and starts mowing the lawn while drinking right. a beer. You know, doing all the things that he's supposed to do, and hasn't done yet because he's too busy trying to relive, you know, to realize this dream of his. And right. uh, you know, so it's. At, at that point, I mean, if you've ever been a part of a relationship or and it doesn't even matter if it's, it's husband, wife, you know, whatever, or if you, you know, uh, you know, if you remember it from when you were a kid with your mom and dad and they tell you to do something or they ask you to do something mm-hmm. multiple times and then you get home from doing what you want to do and it's already done and you're like, ah, oh, crap, yeah. I'm going to pay for this one. Yep. I have promised yeah. to empty the sink on many an occasion and woke up. And I hadn't, and I didn't do it, but it's emptied. And I'm like, well, I'm going to hear about this later. Yep, exactly. <laughs> just, just go in the corner now and beat myself because. <laughs> <laughs> just get that way for the trouble. In the back, you know. Um, I, ask, I look in the mirror and I ask myself what my name is. Um, <laughs> cutting promos, speaking of which. Ah. Uh, episode four. After a house fire forces Jack and his family to move in with Carol and Ace. Carol is the mom. Um, Jack's mom. The two brothers put their differences aside in their heads together to generate a DWL promo to further grow the league's fan base outside of Georgia. After exposing himself on an airplane, it's the best, and then verbally attacking his bosses in a drunken rant posted online, while Bill is fired from his scouting job and has nowhere to go but back home to Duffy. Meanwhile, Crystal helps Bobby Penn find a new wrestling identity. Okay, this is where the show really picks up, because the first mm-hmm. three are a little on the slow side. Um, episode four is where you get a lot of Chris Bauer from uh, the second season of The Wire, uh, and he's also um, he's also in The Deuce, like I said before, and he's so good in this. Like this might be my favorite Chris Bauer performance, and that's Wild coming from Bill. the guy who thinks The Wire is the best thing ever. Right, Wild Bill is just every wrestling character you can think of rolled up into one <laughs> and thrown on screen. You know, like he is Hogan, Flair, Jake the Snake. Uh, uh, you know, everybody else in the, with that accent, I can't remember, you know, he's, uh, uh, gosh, he's, he's, uh, uh, Bob, uh, yeah, whatever his name is. I can't cowboy mm-hmm. Bob Orton. Yeah. He's all of them rolled up into one and he's larger than life and he works for what we would consider WWE. So he's from, he comes from up North, you know, to offer, a job to ace and then that and jack blows that with the the aforementioned arm bar and making him lose in, within seconds mm-hmm. and he said hey there's more more scouting you know parts kid you know i gotta go back so you know wild bill kind of dumps ace he goes back and then and then he gets drunk on an airplane shows everybody his do lolly <laughs> and you know while wearing the champion a championship belt a light up championship belt. Okay, so we need to talk about that because that's what sets him off. Oh, that's what sets him off because it set me off too. So he's in a boardroom 
see, here's the thing. I saw I saw the argument from both sides. No, you're Shut the guy up. that was okay with the with the spinner belt. <laughs> I was because the ah. object is to sell toys to children. But uh. I'm sorry, it's still real to you, Flair. But put Listen. your baby arm Woo! back in your pants and realize that some of this, not all of it, but some of this is a multimedia corporation designed to sell toys to children. I get it. I do. I get it. So there's a scene in the so there's a scene where he's at a I board a meeting buddy. with the um <laughs> with the uh the corporate heads of this wrestling company he's working for, he's he's scouting for. So it's essentially it's like a stand-in for the WWF, WWE. And they're doing a presentation of hey, we're gonna change the belt, the actual belt. And I and I absolutely think you brought up the spitter belt. I absolutely think this was a point to that moment. Yes. That you know that I think fans have been hotly debating. You have you know I'll, and I'll take up for you know the fans who saw the the validity of it. Um, but there were there were the other ones that were like this is desecration of something that's valuable to the participants and and audience alike. This this is a standard for which to achieve. Yeah. Um, and it should not be made into a toy for children, except that it had already been and it will always be. Right. And so the point being in this scene, they're like, we've done market research, which is always a great start to any line. Uh, we've done market research that says <laughs> people sitting in the top tier third deck can't see the belt. Um, they couldn't tell you what the belt looks like. And, you know, so we're going to make the belt really pretty and big. And it's got to have big glittering lights on it. And it's going to look like a Vegas, you know, light show. Purple and pink and light yeah. up. And, oh, it's so and good. Flashing. Um, and like, and this way, people can see the belt. And then, and then somebody makes a remark like, oh, good. That'll be a great toy for children. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so um, Wild Bill, of course, being one of these guys who's from the territories and you know, sees the value in, you know, the authenticity of wrestling, sees that belt and it's everything he's against. And he not, and because he has become wildly successful being a douchebag. Yeah. He acts like a douchebag thinking it's gotten me this far. <laughs> why would it, th why would things change? And he's the other one that got, who's gotten comfortable in his position Mm -hmm. That thinks they can't do anything without him. Mm -hmm. As far as scouting and all that. Right. This is my job. They're not going to get rid of me. I can do what I want. So what's he do? He pops a couple of Ambien or whatever. <laughs> he drinks a lot of liquor. And then he lets his wang dang doodle hang below the belt. And <laughs> what he does is commit sexual assault. Uh, yep. <laughs> Let's yes, call he does. You, you are I not mean, allowed to be. You are not allowed to walk up and down a plane waving your thing at people. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, you get what you get after that, which is usually a jail sentence or usually. your name on a special list. Yeah, that's how the uh, FBI gets a file of you. Exactly. Um, and but, you're not allowed to fly anymore after that. But I'll tell you, like, I'm laughing because it's such an entertaining performance. Like, if you. He's so good in this show. If you watch him, like, the only, I've seen him in a, in a bunch of things. Like, he has got a long storied history of television yeah. and film credits. But the things that I've seen him in were both David Simon projects. And again, I've seen him probably here or there everywhere else. But in the two things he was in for David Simon, he was so serious. You know, mm -hmm. he's he's mm -hmm. so, you know, when he's Frank Sabatka from the second season of The Wire, he he is overwhelmed with the need to hold on to this last piece of the American dream, you know, to hold this to hold the docks together so that the working man can work in the dues. He's just, you know, he's like a, like a tired construction worker who's working in the, um, who's working in the, the, uh, uh, the prostitution 
the the massage parlor mm-hmm. um because he just doesn't want to do that anymore and he's like i would love an easier gig to make you know way to make money like what if i just manage these whores right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's like he's like really not a whole lot to his character yeah. here like chris power probably like everyone here gives a really good performance there's nobody here that's particularly yeah. unbelievable um but chris power like what I, I said before about talking about playing he gets the opportunity to really amp up and you're like wow you have no based on his other performances that i've seen you had, had no, no idea you could do that him. yeah like i wouldn't like if you were like we need somebody that's kind of a billy graham rick flair type you know we need somebody yeah. like what if hogan got naked on a plane well who's out there that we could do hulk hogan naked on a plane if you said frank sabatka from the fucking wire <laughs> i, I don't like I don't think you heard me. I didn't say. <laughs> I didn't say who could we get to be Bobby Heenan. I right, said, right, right, right. Hogan. But he I, does it so well. well he, I was, he, it's an amazing scene. He play. He plays that incredible douchebag. Mm-hmm. All right, when you first meet him, and and just cold and callous of how he treats you know. And he's such uh, a wit. Like yeah, said, I mean, it's, I mean, it's drama. It's written for him, but he delivers it like it's so natural. Exactly. And then he has that moment where he's, you know, he's Ric Flair on the airplane. He's showing mm-hmm. his, 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 his meat and two veg to everybody. And how many euphemisms can we come up with for penis? I don't know. I'm just keep, I keep taking a I drink trying, when Ronnie man. ends up with a new one. I, I'm trying, baby. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite has been do lolly so far. <laughs> so that's been my favorite so far. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, so yes, he pulls out his peas and carrots. Go on. Yes, exactly. His, his uh, twig and two berries. This is, now um, starting to say, this is now becoming the penis song from Monty Python. <laughs> so he, he does the thing, and he, either, while that is just absolutely over the edge, uh, crazy, make Ronnie go outside and rethink his life for a while for watching <laughs> this, kind of, you, you get to see the vulnerability later on as yeah, well. Totally. When, so he, um, over the course of the next few episodes, he's going to move in with his ex girlfriend slash valet, Willie. Which is crazy. Um, and she's married and has a daughter of her own. And he is going to say something horrendous to her. And that's going to change the course of the next, of the following episodes after that. Yeah. When he finally gets around to apologizing to her, it's really heartbreaking. Yeah, like, it really is. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of, there's a lot of similarities between Wild Bill and Ace in that there's probably a good dude in there somewhere. But the sediment is so corrupted and, and dead and vile mm-hmm. that it takes a while to dig through it all. And people just don't have the time or the patience, you know. And and so it's so funny because, like, he says to Willie later on in the series, I, I apologize for people who are like, we're jumping around a lot, but there's a lot to talk about here. Um, what he says to Willie, he was like, I am trying to find the words. This is not natural for me. This isn't easy either. I've never had to be I've never had to be the person that has to apologize, but I know I did wrong and I know it's the right thing to do and I'm trying, but it's but it's hard. And and that's true for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you've gotten away with being in, inhumane to people for as long as this character did. Right. Um, the other thing I wanted to really quick talk about and actually have to go back to the previous episode, the bar scene where they have the fight in the parking lot that you know spills out of the bar into the parking lot. <laughs> I, just, I just need to say this once, and I'm going to let this go. This isn't going to yeah, be a, yeah, a long yeah. diatribe of that. That doesn't work that way. Right. Um, but for future, for people who, like, I know why they did it. So the, the whole thing is they're kind of losing this fight in the bar. 
Um, and it spills out into the parking lot and they're continuing to not do well. They're, they're getting their ass beat. And Crystal throws herself into the fight and she hurricanes as one guy. It was a now beautiful I, move. Now I know why. She they because yeah. how they're gonna end the season, they need to make they need to slowly pepper in that Crystal is not just a pretty face and a nice body. She's an athlete and she's able to do things that athletes do. Two things. One, not when you're 90 pounds and the guy's 200. Right. Two, <laughs> two if you hurricanes, so if you attempt to do a hurricanes in a street fight in a parking lot, you, you will have your head and back bashed into the concrete. You're going to get dumped on your head. Yeah. Yep. Nobody will effectively execute a hurricanes. That involves the other person doing a forward flip. <laughs> okay. Yep. Otherwise, they're just going to land on your lower back. Try it sometime. Try doing it to somebody. If like if you if you think I'm lying, try trying a hurricanes on someone that isn't working with you. That you know that like doesn't necessarily have to retaliate. Just stands there and resists. I remember when I, when I used to wrestle in high school. One of the things you know they, they they said when you're working with somebody and you're you're practicing your moves is don't is give a little resistance so that there's some fight there. But don't don't go so stiff you can't the guy can't do the move on you. Right. 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 Um, try that when someone tries a hurricanes on you. <laughs> <laughs> you just won't get the person will just fall down, is what'll happen. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> or like dangle dangle from your neck like a like an albatross. <laughs> <laughs> she executes a flawless Rey Mysterio-esque hurricanes on this guy, knocking him unconscious. It was gorgeous. <laughs> And I, I mean, there was a part of me that was just like, oh, delay. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> I, I almost noped out of the show, Ronnie. I'm yeah, not even joking. Like, your I, thing. I, I saw your, that. And Chris I Bowers dick nearly drives you out of the show. I, I almost turned it off when I saw that. I'm like, nope, I'm See? done. See, okay. So that, that, is a, that is kind of a silly part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I knew you would think that. I did not, however, think that you would nope out of the series almost because of it. <laughs> but I mean, that with you know the baby's arm holding an apple, that it, you know, I would rather see a man's penis, went, you know, just jangling through an airplane and sending the straights into hysterics than some girls and some ninety-pound girl execute a hurric fucking karana on a six-foot-some-odd-tall man. And moving on. One is believable. <laughs> the other is pure fantasy. I'll let you guess which one's which. While I, you're guessing. I have my answers, but you're not <laughs> going to like them. While you're guessing, let me talk to you about a, a service that might have helped them come up with a better way of displaying the fact that Young Mist was a, an athlete worthy of appreciation by Jack and Ace. Do you know what that service is? I'm thinking you need to tell me. It's Grammarly. Oh my gosh, I had it and I didn't realize it. (laughs) Yes. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar punctuation and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, it's getgrammarly.com slash W2M Network to download Grammarly for free. Episode five. We are now into the back half of this. Swerve, brah. Swerve is the name of the episode. Swerve, brah. A swerve is where you think it's going one way, but it's a misdirect and it goes the other. Correct. 
you are uh, confounded. There's a red herring afoot. Swerve. Swerve, bro. When chair members of the South Georgia State Fair show interest in featuring the DWL as this year's main attraction, it's on Jack to close the deal with an electric night of matches. However, while Bill, Ace, and Crystal, who is no longer a valet, have their own ideas at the expense of Bobby Pin's career. This was this was brutal. So the setup mm. here is that um, so I, I want to say this is where this has to be where they where, where Ace is is really like losing his mind and he starts sleeping with the bartender and he's going to make yeah. the bartender his valet, which pushes Crystal out. And then Wild Bill gets in her head of like, you should be a wrestler, not a valet. Don't you know, don't get pushed around in this industry. You'll never make it if you do. And so there's a whole thing where they're going to set up an angle where um, the reason why they're switching valets is because she was cheating on him with Bobby Pin. And Bobby Pin is there's two ways to look at Bobby Pin: ultimate friend zone guy, yeah, or or you know, or knight in shining armor, white knight. <sighs> I want <laughs> maybe think a little of, bit. <laughs> I want to think that he's going that he's not quite in the friend zone. That she's going to see his worth. Eventually, but during this season, not so much. Yeah, not so much. He, like, there's, there's a lot of this episode where he's trying to change his gimmick to something more enticing for the for the audience, and he's hanging out with Crystal, and Crystal's trying to help him develop something and pick outfits or whatever. A friendship forms, and that's why Ace turns on her because he gets jealous. Right. Um, she has no intention of sleeping with Bobby at this juncture, but the, that that makes no never mind for Ace. Ace is like, right. There, there, there's a man. He's next to you. I'm threatened because I'm a child in a large man's body. Ah. <laughs> so this this isn't going to happen. So anyway, um, so th- he's supposed to deliver a a thing in the ring to you know sort of solidify his gimmick as a uh, as a heel, and this is supposed to put Bobby over as the face. And because because Wild Bill got in Crystal's ear, she takes the mic from Ace and she delivers a promo of her own, basically cutting the legs out from under him. Yes. He then reacts by putting Bobby Pin in a legit submission and breaking his leg. Ugh. Which was gross, by the way. Yeah, the bone popped out. Yeah. Ugh. I was like, at this, po- at this point... Like, this is such a small promotion. They're just going to put the gun to his head and shoot him like a horse. <laughs> you know, there's no way he's coming back from this. I'll tell you, my only issue with this is I've been watching professional wrestling since I'm like seven and I'm 45. And I've only seen one injury in the ring that involved a bone popping out. One in two promotions in over, you know, 30 years of, of watching this, I've seen it once. It was Sid jumping off the top rope. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. <laughs> he got oh. who got all legs. They do it twice in five episodes. Uh, <laughs> like I remember I remember watching that and then you know I'm watching that pay-per-view live and be okay. like, what 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 happened? They cut away. Mm-hmm. And then next night, Tony Schiavone on, on Nitro said, We're serious. This is really gross. If you're, you know, like he legit said, if if you are weak of stomach, turn it off or go out of the room now. If you have if you have young ones, send them out, send them to their room. And we're like, man, it can't be that bad. And then, and you see it. And then his shin, his tibia and fibula, broken mm-hmm. half, and his foot actually does this inside the boot. Right, and we're all like sick to our stomachs, and our friend walks in after you know they show it like three times, 
and then they show it four more times in slow motion. Right. And then our friend walks in and says, Oh, Miss, what happened? We're up. And I was like, Good news. Sid has a new knee. But the bad news is in the middle of his shin under his old one. <laughs> and he was like, What? And so that was the only thing I ever really saw. The only the, that, and I saw a few neck injuries. Yeah. I saw the Viano, uh, Viano four or three. Mm-hmm. Uh, get dumped on his head by Canyon and Raven. And then I saw, I actually saw uh, Rick Steiner um, deliver that, uh, that bulldog to um, it was Buff Bagwell. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I saw both of those and I saw the Owen Hart incident live on TV, but you didn't see what happened. Yeah, let's not talk yeah. about oh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Owen was on an injury. That was not an, an injury. That was a death. Yeah. Yeah, an accident gone wrong. But the point being, like, you don't see a lot of that stuff. No, and and like the thing, so to do it twice in an eight episode series, I was like, this is a bit much. I mean, like, like he doesn't pop Ace's arm out or anything like that. But when he, you know, it starts with, um, you know, the the very first episode, he's got him in that arm bar maneuver, and you know, you can see like the pressure on Ace's shoulder. Yeah, and everything. Hear it, right? You know. So, like I say, it feels, I it feels like in the writing they they were kind of going to the same well a little too much. Mm. But anyway, um, so well, that's, it was almost like, a, but it was almost like a slap in Jack's face mm-hmm. that he did that to to Bobby Pin because Bobby Pin was Jack's new guy. That's right. his new boy. That's his new face. Yep. He's like, okay, I'm going to do the oh, same a lot thing of you did to me. Tantrum. Well, it's like, okay, you did this to me. I'm going to do it back to you. Right. You know, that's a tantrum. He grabs it and he's like, it's not about Bobby. Yeah. It's about Crystal. It's about Jack. Right. It's about how he feels. Jack, all, you did this to me. Guess that what? Snap. All of yeah. that was projected onto Bobby. Onto and Bobby Pin. Yes. Muck, yeah. Who, who, you know, who's in the wrong place at the wrong time. So it ends Such a with, lovable character. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's a, the actor playing him plays plays all shucks really well. He does. Um, so Chris Bauer, as Wild Bill, jumps in the ring and delivers a promo and he and he's so Terry Funk about the whole thing. He was like, yeah. you know, I, this was like half Terry Funk, half Donald Trump. He was like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of these two entitled brats ruining the state of professional yeah. wrestling. And yeah. I am here to make wrestling great again. And like, uh, yeah. That's okay. brilliant. <laughs> Terry Funk and Donald Trump mixed. Yeah. Yep. It was so good. It's a really, it's a really fun promo. And he, and but at the end of it, and I was totally thinking about like ECW when he did this. He was like, "You and me in a ladder match, in a three-way ladder match for the WDL title." And I'm like, "Okay, Paulie, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, settle down, Terry Funk." Um, yeah. or, and so, or, but, but, Terry but Funk and uh, it was Terry Funk it, and uh, it was Terry Funk, Stevie Ray, and um, Sandman. Yeah. And uh, and poor uh, oh gosh, what is, I'm losing everybody's names now because I'm getting too and then excited. and then eventually it was him and Raven, right? But uh, Tommy Dreamer was sitting there. Please, please don't talk to me right now. I'm watching Harry Funk in this three way hard way dance. Three way hard way. What the? Hey, let's move on. Yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> so um, the whole thing with with Wild Bill in that sequence is he has lost everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. And this he, is his way of grabbing, uh, he, yeah, grabbing he, the yeah. reins and getting it back. Right. And the thing of it is, is that it's successful. He yeah. wins the crowd back. The crowd is now forgotten about what happened to poor Bobby Pin, and he is he is trying to show he has lost the faith of everybody around him. Nobody sees the value in Wild Bill, and right. he's um, so he's 
trying to show that the, he has value. And he's in he succeeds in in that moment, but nobody is yet convinced. I've, and I've said this to people um, throughout my years of therapy. For every year that you've hurt somebody, expect like five years mm. of having to earn back that person's trust. So if you've hurt people for ten years, you're you're in for a long stretch. Exactly. Well, I mean, and and the thing about it is, it's brilliant because he wins the crowd, mm. and he and he puts out a, a, this wonderful idea for this three-way you know ladder match that they've right. not seen another ladder match since while bill used to wrestle king spade mm-hmm. um you know their dad they haven't seen a ladder match in duffy you know dwl for for that long right so hey guess what i'm gonna wrestle both you boys in a ladder match that you me and your daddy used to do all the time mm-hmm. and, and then you look at it and you're like man I, and i sat there and looked at it and i was like you know he as a character jack spade really has nowhere to go right because he threw that out there, gave him a brilliant idea, and if he and if he poo-poo's that idea, the crowd turns against him. Well, the other thing is that they have this opportunity to play the state fair. Yeah, which is basically a, like the big for for South Georgia. Phenomenal draw. You know, it's it's. A, I think they go from like whatever their rail yard um, held was. I think they said it was like what five hundred people. Something along those lines. It was a small number so. of people. Yeah, it was a small. To playing like a, a ten thousand, you know, a ten thousand seat arena and it's yeah you know and the whole thing the whole motivation behind jack is to try to you know to grow this thing into something that can be a little bit more than regional you know to make it fill that ten thousand seat arena every week to make it profitable yeah you know he he wants to pay his boys he wants to you know he wants to earn money for his family so he wants to see his dad's dream realized. That's something that him and Stacey talked about. Like you brought up the smoke machines before. That whole conversation is about Jack feeling like we have to pour money into this thing in order to make money. Right. And Stacey going, at some point, there's no more money left to throw into this. And, uh, and you have to realize what you're not doing is you're not investing. You're burning the money. Right. You know, and therein lies the conflict between Adrian and Rocky. I mean, Stacey and Jack. Um <laughs> You did it! Dang it! I, I knew did. you were going to do it. <laughs> um, let's move on to episode six. House show. Everyone in town is getting ready for DWL's premiere at the South Georgia State Fair. Especially Jax, who's running around prepping and promoting the sell 10,000 tickets. However, not all goes well on a podcast with former wrestler Dick Valentine, played by who, Ronnie? Mick motherfreaking Foley. Yeah. Um, <coughs> on this being himself, basically. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Who has too many personal questions about his father, Tom King, uh, Spade's death. Meanwhile, GoDaddy Ace makes a heartfelt speech at Big Jim's baby's baptism, making him... Did I say God, GoDaddy? I meant GodDaddy. Jesus Christ. I, you did say GoDaddy. I was like, <sighs> made him a website, huh? Take two. GodDaddy Ace makes a heartfelt speech at Big Jim baby's baptism, making him question his character, the people he's been hurting, like Crystal and Bobby Pin. Who has broken his leg and can't wrestle thanks to him. Also, Rooster meets with Gully to discuss a contract in the FWD. Um, so okay, so here's the deal. Uh in a flashback sequence, it is shown that after a run, their father takes a gun and blows his head off. Like yeah. on the front porch of the house. And the first person who finds his body is Ace. Yeah. Ace is pretty traumatized by the experience. I'll talk about this now because I don't quite remember. You know, they go back to it a few times over the course of the next two or three yeah. episodes. Um, the effect on Carol, who is Ace and Jack's mother, uh, who is clearly a believer, a righteous woman, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously sees suicide as a mortal sin. 
reacts with anger and resentment. She never quite goes into uh, deep depth with how his death affected her, only in that this is the thing a sinner does, a selfish sinner. And so I will not feel sorry for him and I will, you know, thump the Bible and explaining why this is a bad thing. And this is this is what happens with her and the grandson yeah. at one point. And that's her that's that's just her coping mechanism, even though yeah. it is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, that's her coping mechanism of if I if, if you can't be here, I'm going to be pissed at you about it. Right. You know, I would have. I, I think that's one of the things that I wish sometimes I find myself saying a lot of times I wish some of these seasons of television were shorter. This could have used two more episodes. I could have used yeah. a little bit more Carol. Yeah, because Carol and Stacy have some conversations that point to, but don't all the way deal with what is it like? To, what is it like to be married to a wrestler? Right. And it's not just like, you know, the time away from home kind of conversations that you hear people have talked about in documentaries. It's more along the lines of, you know, what it means to support them when things are not going well. Right, um, right, right. You know what it means to have this thing completely eclipse your entire life. Um. I, I needed to hear Carol talk about the about her resenting her husband for taking her on this journey and then be and then while she was the one this wasn't her dream, but she supported him and then he takes himself out of the game and and how that was yeah. and how unfair that is to her. Yeah. It's absolutely. implied in the drama and the narrative, but it's not really spoken out loud, which was a little frustrating for me. And I guess for some people, they were like, no, nah, I got, you know, it's it's kind of like the argument that Alexis and I got into about Eternals, you know, where she was like, she wanted some of the stuff just said outright. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, the hint of it was fine. We really didn't need it in bright flashing lights on screen. You know, like some things can just be subtext. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, I, yes, but at what point, I mean, I really want to see uh what is her name you just carol. said it carol yeah. I, I wanted to say carol but it didn't sound right mm-hmm. uh, i wanted to see her have that sally field mm-hmm. uh still magnolia's moment yeah where you know she's malin and you know her daughter has died and nothing's okay and she just has that breakdown right. because at this point as a character i look at her and I say you need that breakdown I was gonna say, and, and his death can't have been that long ago. Yeah, and you need that come to Jesus moment where you're mm-hmm. like, I am not okay, right? You know, and, and whether it comes by crying, talk to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, punching a tree, something, you need to have that moment. Right. And she, she doesn't ha- get that moment, and I and and that's leaves me wanting for her character. She has a great line, and it's a it's an innocuous line, but it's still a great line in the in the grocery store. Where Stacy's like, I have a coupon for cheaper chicken, and she was like, "This is the chicken that I buy. I've been doing it this way, and when something works, I, you know, I keep it." Right. The subtext there is, you know, I, I am struggling to maintain control of my out of control life. Exactly. And I'm not certainly, I'm certainly not going to invite you and your chaos into it. Right. And it, it's a great exchange, a little exchange of dialogue. Um, like I said, sometimes I just, I, I yearn for more drama, more spoken drama than what's presented. But there's certainly an argument to be made, like I was saying before, for subtext is fine. You, you get it. You get what's going on with Carol. Let's move on. Right. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, you know, Stacy's relationship to Carol is kind of a ghost of Christmas future. Like, if mm-hmm. shit don't change, he's going to turn into Carol, and that's not what she wants. Very true, yes. Um, 
And so that's a lot of that relationship. Uh, you know, there's a point where Stacy says to uh, Jack about, you know, like, maybe I should work. I, she was like, they, they get into an argument about like, like going to Machu Picchu. And, and it's like, it's not really about going to Peru. It's, it's about, you know, it's a, it's about needing something in her life besides being an appendage to Jack. Right, right, right. Um, You know, she talks about, it was fine when I was just raising a small child, but that child is now in school and isn't wholly dependent on me. Yeah. So what am I, you know, am I just your shadow or am I a real person? Um, this leads eventually to her being granted the opportunity to sing the national anthem at a rodeo. Mm-hmm. And um, not that Jack is in any way jealous of her or, or whatever. Oh, else, no, but he it, was super excited as, yeah. a, as a husband. But Very, it, re- yeah. it represented an opportunity for her to break from Jack and, and, and feeling like she was um, just his. Yeah. Uh, there's a word for it that we use where people enmeshed. She she has been enmeshed in Jack in this crazy life, and mm-hmm. finally she get you know this is an opportunity to break that that enmeshment and be her own person. Anyway, your thoughts on this episode? It, <laughs> it was opening doors, mm-hmm. I, I guess you could say. And 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 this, I'll be honest, this was the episode I started worrying that they weren't going to renew it. Mm-hmm. because it's breaking down, you know, are they going to be okay as a couple? Mm-hmm. We don't know, you know, what's going on with ACE, what's going on with this and that. Did she moved out by this you point? Know. Did she, did she leave? I think and go this to her was the episode. House? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so you don't know whether she's going to be, they're going to be okay. Right. And he is at wit and Jack's at wits end because he's lost his wife mm-hmm. and his son um he doesn't know how the the state fair is going to go you know he's got this crackhead in in florida mm-hmm. who's running a, a promotion that's gunning for him right so not only did that but like a couple episodes before actually appear you know flew a helicopter <laughs> flew in a hel- his own helicopter to the dw arena dwl arena and 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 pasted used wallpaper paste mm-hmm. to put all these posters up of you know their you know of you know uh dystopian wrestling all over their building and right. then like and they even said it's like dang these posters are on cardstock right who uses cardstock for posters <laughs> you know and like this is nice you know right so it was it's it's like he's got all this stuff and it's coming down on him is he gonna make it is he gonna go crazy you know is he going to go right. crazy or is he going to up like his dad mm-hmm. you know this is one of those things where I'm like man this is really you know this is really building up to a crescendo that i want to see and i want to see continue so i yeah. love this episode you know so far i'm a, i'm a mark for this i'm a i'm a fan of this entire season but this one was really good um we have to talk about Crystal only because of how the show ends. So at this point, after the whole episode with Bobby Penn, she is pretty much exiled from. Yeah, she, she is exiled from there, and she's basically told by Willie and and uh, Jack in short order, "You knew what you were doing when you did it. You did it anyway. You went you know into you business for yourself. Yeah, and you are not an essential part of this organization. So if you can't, you have demonstrated that we have we cannot trust you." 
and we are not in a place where taking a gamble on you is really worth the worth the time or the effort. Right. Um, and so for, after try, you know, so, so she, she tries out as a wrestler, and Jack's like, "No, I don't want her messing up. I, I don't want her presence to mess with Ace's tenuous tenuous mental health." Even though her <laughs> yeah. her and Ace uh, resolved their differences at the baptism, uh, they and, did, and, but did they? Um, I, I would well at, at that point, Ace is starting having it, it has come to Jesus moment, and he's trying to make yeah. amends with everybody. True. So him and Bobby make amends. Her and her, her and Crystal make him and Crystal make make amends. But Jack is like, no, you tr- piece of trash. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you had one job. Right, pretty and shut up, (laughs) and you couldn't do that. (laughs) And it's uh, she has a great exchange with Chris Bauer where he rolls up on her. This is where he's pitching the idea of being Bunny Bombshell, and her first words out of her mouth were, You made me turn on Ace or whatever. And he was like, I forgot how poor people, you know, don't like to take uh responsibility for their own actions. Yeah, I I was laying in the bed watching, and I almost fell out of the bed laughing at that. There's some sharp fucking writing in this show, man. There is definitely a perspective about Southerners. Oh, absolutely. There there is a guy in the writing room going, I have thoughts about people in the (laughs) South. Gonna put them in the show. Put them in the show and see how that works. Yeah. How did you feel about that, by the way? Like that, 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 that was, that was a pretty stiff shot. But look, consider the source. Okay. Uh, it, 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 it was a stiff shot. It was, um, but to drive things home, uh, you're going to take those cheap shots. Yeah. So you consider the source, you consider why they said it. And did you have from there. Did you personally have a, you know, he's harsh, but he's right moment? Don't want to admit it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're in a safe space, Ronnie. Please share okay. with the group. <laughs> well, Mark. <laughs> Makes me read comics that I don't want to read. <laughs> For more on that, check out our review of Snacklebus. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, all right. That let's noise is completely involuntary, by the way. <laughs> Episode seven, the big bad fish man. Uh, with only two weeks left to the main event of the South Georgia State Fair, Jack is doing all that he can to keep the remaining wrestlers healthy and his family happy. In order to get more bodies in the DWL, he holds an open tryout. Yeah, that's what we were just talking about with Crystal. He's not going to get her. River Valley status and become a real wrestler. Gully sets a trap to poach Ace by vandalizing the dome. That's what you were just talking about. Yeah. Causing him to go to Gully's mansion in Jacksonville and defend the spade name. Stacy suspects that Jack played a role in Ace unexpectedly turning heel after hearing about Ace's decision. Jack pays the FDW a little visit. Yeah, basically, he jumps the rail, gets in the ring, and punks Gully right in the face. That scene was my favorite in the entire freaking Mm -hmm. season just because. I mean, I've seen the ECW invasion, which they already knew was coming. But I've also seen the CZW and the XPW and all these people. They just show up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like this crap happened. The XPW one where big, bad, burly, steroid-ridden wrestlers beat up ring crew guys. Yes. Yeah. That one. Okay. Just want to make sure I knew which XPW invasion we were referring to. Yeah. Yeah. The the guys were scumbags. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I mean, there's no two ways about it. Um, but the, the thing about it, like, um, that, that scene though, when he jumps the rail and gets mm-hmm. in the ring and, and everybody knew who it was, right? That's why they didn't stop. Did, did you yell at your TV? But what side is he on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> oh God, what's he doing here? Jack Spade. Uh, and, and then when he speared him, he's like, Oh God, he killed him. Call off the match. Um, slobber knocker. I love JR. Uh, but no, and then and then you know, okay, that all boils down to the beginning of this episode starts off with mm-hmm. Jack and his dad. Yeah, and they're having a um they're having a fight over the DWL basically. Mm-hmm. He wants he wants Ace to wrestle. He said, "No, Ace has got a chance to get out of here. That you don't, so you're with me." That's right. basically what it boiled down to. Poor Jack. He, Jack had ambitions too, right? There's but a, not according to his dad. There's a whole other scene where where Jack and Ace are 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 having fun and they're kind of just horsing around. Oh yeah, you know. And Jack clearly had some talent in baseball and maybe had some dreams to play baseball. And his father's like, "No." No, get over here, lock it up. Right, man, you know, lock up. But but Ace was protected. Yeah, you know. Imagine how that makes somebody feel. And you know, leave that boy alone. Yeah. yeah, he's got potential. And it's like, well, he's got potential. What am I? You know, you don't have any potential. So he he takes his grown son who has a family of his own, mm-hmm. makes him lock it up on the side of the road. You know, do the wrestling lockup, and they start fighting. There and is. Then he there knocks is a, him down. And pardon my language, he looks at him and points at him and says, don't come for my shit, boy. I was going to say, there is a whole volume of stuff to to get into when it comes to sons trying to live up to their father's expectations and failing miserably because fathers move the goalpost. Right. And this was prime example of a father moving the goalpost on his son. Yeah. And not just moving it. Yes. But he, he... built a whole new one and then cut this one down in front of him. Yeah. As he was kicking the ball over. Nope. 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 It's yeah, not where it's, it is, son. This is where no matter how you might feel about Jack up to this point, you can't help. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how other people felt. You I know feel for sorry me, for him. I, I really felt bad for Jack. Yeah, like almost absolutely. anything. he did, Like, I, I don't ever think he's like, even the Kleenex thing. Like I didn't think was made Jack a bad guy. I think no. like, Stacy's kind of Adrian moment with him over the stupid Kleenex, I was like, wow, are we making a mountain out of a fucking molehill here? It's more um, about the lies that he tells. Is, and, you know, yeah, I want to come back to that because their yeah. their conversation in the driveway of a friend's home is really important. But, yeah. um, you know, this whole bit where, like, up to this point, Jack's just, Jack's just trying to, like, hold the strings together of his life, and his wife makes him out to be, like, this horrible human being. Yeah. And I can't, I just don't see it. And then you, he, then you see the relationship between Jack and his father, and it's like I can't help but feel bad for this guy. This guy, he can't catch a break. Right, right, right. You know, like he is the ultimate sympathetic character in this tale. And I don't know if that was the writer's intention or not. Like I feel like the writers want you to kind of see the fault in Jack. And it's like, sure, aren't we all you know laden with faults? But not to the point. Not not to what. Not to what you're doing to this guy. I mean, right. He's not quite Job, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there, 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 there's come a point where I feel like the writers just dumped on this character unnecessarily. Absolutely. Uh, but then he, he he kind of, in my eyes, he redeemed it. But he was also he took that one crazy step forward mm-hmm. to becoming his father. Yeah. When he jumped that rail, he tackled um, Fish to the ground and beat the living daylights out of him. Gully, by the way, is his name. A gully. I said fish. I said I meant gully. Yeah. Guppy, fish, gully, 
Um, he refers to himself at one point as the big bad fish man because he's like that's what I was thinking he's like the stand-in for the CEO of like you know know, whatever bass yeah whatever the name the chain is so that yeah because he's he you know sports uh, yeah outdoor or outdoor you know sports yeah um, stores but he uh, gully he uh, he beats the crap out of gully stands up and delivers the same line with the same conviction that his dad did yeah. Don't come for my sh- boy. Mm-hmm. And then and, and immediately made eye contact with Ace, who looked amazed, impressed, and scared all in one. <laughs> and I am really proud of that actor for portraying that. Yeah, it's good. But, yeah, it was amazing. Such a cool scene. And even Rooster was like, Oh, what 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 is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, then then you know, he's like, All right, we gotta go. All right. And then ran out of the ring. That we knew the Dukes of Hazard theme at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These them spade boys, <laughs> or, or or the Benny Hill theme. Yeah, either yeah. one would work. Um. So the conversation that Jack has with his wife, I can't remember if it's this episode or the next one, but let's just talk about it now. Okay. Um. She, you know, she you alluded to before. You know, she talks to Jack about dishonesty for whatever its ultimate purpose is is still a bad way to. To, to deal with a relationship it, it does not provide the strongest base for a relationship with anybody mm-hmm. and you know and she's taking up for ace she's like you did these things to ace you manipulated ace and that's where jack loses his shit on her yeah and he's like let's talk about ace for a second and he tells her about what happened with the clerk and then he tells her something else that he did wrong and <laughs> it's so funny because her this is a great she's a great actress her reaction just deadpan she's like well, I can see why you did that then. Yeah, you know? right? It's like, okay, so... You could see the face turning to eggs and bacon at that point. It, it, even when you admit, have to admit that he's right, mm-hmm. you don't want... Oh, you just right. deliver And that's when that. Jack talks about his vision. He was just like, look, yeah. the guy's an asshole around town. Everybody knows it. it's kind of hard to sell him as the hero. Right. So we went with, you know, and to look at, look at the turn that's been made now. Right. You know, people want to see him succeed. So, you know, like you see where Jack is a really, really smart guy and, and mm. you know, and the frustration of people of not being able to keep people with him for the ride, people doubting him, you know, right, it's, right, it's, right. A, it's an up the down staircase thing. Um, we talked about it before. I, just there's Mick Foley asks um, uh, Jack about his father's suicide, at which point Jack runs out of the room. So we, we had touched on it and then we never went back to it. So I just want yeah, to make sure yeah. we said it. Yeah, yeah. Anything else about this uh, this episode? I mean, I, I, we can talk a little bit about Gully. You know, Gully. It's the, the almost the entire hour is Gully trying to tempt Luke Skywalker to the dark side. Um, well, I mean, I, he literally comes in. It says, "You know, what are you here to do?" He's like, "I'm here to kick your butt." And he's like, "Well, before that, <laughs> why don't you drink my beer? Right? Smoke my weed?" Yeah, he basically says, "If you heard about a Lord and Savior, <laughs> goth chicks and fishnets." Right, and then you know. <laughs> You got the 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 hot girl on your arm already, mm-hmm. All right? So, like I said, drink my beer, smoke my weed, and then we'll talk about it, right? So let me get you high and drunk, and then I'll explain <laughs> my evil plan to you, right? And then, then you'll absolutely be in the right state of mind to hear what I have to say. And then he woke up the next morning with said hot girl mm-hmm. naked, laying on his chest, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, what happened? <laughs> I don't know, smart guy. What did happen?" <laughs> You signed your life away, you know, kind of a deal. Yeah. It's a good episode. Um, it is. The, the guy playing Gully, 
could have Complete. been so much more over the top, but it, it's actually kind of a grounded performance, you know, for eccentric personality. He doesn't go too far with it. Yeah. He goes just far enough for you to go, oh, I hate this guy, but I can see where he's coming from. I was wildly amused they were using impact footage. Dude, I, the whole time I'm sitting there mm -hmm. going, oh my God, it's Abyss. Oh my God, it's that, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, this right. is so cool. But I guess it's, I don't know how they the got, guy, I mean, I guess they're paying people. The guy Impact in the demolition money, bondage outfit, that, the guy in the demolition bondage outfit, was that um, Alter Boy Luke from XBW? Oh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it looked like him. Uh, all right, last now episode. Now you got to be curious about that. I got to look that up. Last episode, and then we'll uh, we'll call it a night here. Double turn. It's time for GWL's main event at the fair. However, there's more on the line than the championship belt. Jack's marriage is in jeopardy after Stacy finds out he plotted Ace's Kleenex incident and fears Jack's heel character is true to life. Gully, yeah, she has a great line here. She's like, I'm she's like, I she's like, you've turned into a heel. I married a faith, and that's who I want to be with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gully wants payback and plans to sabotage the championship ladder match unless the Spade brothers beat him to it. Crystal is back in the DWL by becoming Bill's valet bunny bombshell but it's not for long because she has to prove herself as a real wrestler when gully and his people turn the crowd against ace and jack and they begin trading blows for real jack tells her to claim the belt for herself conflict still brewing between the spade brothers ace walks away seemingly uh becoming comfortable in his role as a heel so yeah basically what happens here is they're having a wrestling match while bill um shits his pants which is hilarious <laughs> i i don't go i don't i don't do much poop humor <laughs> At all? Oh, no, <laughs> no. I, I think I, it's low brow to me, and I just I, it's Sorry. gross, and I don't well, get into it. Did you say low brown? Uh, <laughs> Wait a get minute it. now. Hang get on. Um, <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But um, I, I, but this made me laugh a lot. Mainly because uh, what what all did he he took something beforehand? He took all kinds of mad opiates. Yeah, yeah, he took a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. and he even drank before it. Right, and then he takes that bump, and mm -hmm. just my muffler <laughs> does the you know Big Johnny. Let's take it home. My muffler <laughs> fell out. <laughs> so yep. that's the greatest professional wrestling story ever so it's so and, and chris bauer has this really really funny delivery because he shits his pants and he's laying on his back he was just like something along the lines of i i cannot I, I cannot get up i cannot face this crowd in the condition that i am and so i must lay here and die yeah <laughs> i then... died laughing i'm telling you man this show works okay without Chris Bauer, but it's not nearly he, as much fun. He's good. He's so good in it. And then um, you got Gully coming out of nowhere. Yeah. To try to ruin the show. And then and then you get Wild Bill. He's like, well, let's either embarrass myself in front of them or let him ruin the show. Gets well, up, shows the poop to everybody and the big brown stain on the on the on the on the mat and just yep. delivers a beautiful clothesline to so Gully. It's, it's it's yeah, he does. It's important to talk about the setup here. So, yeah, um, so in the previous episode, uh, Rooster talks about the the way to get to the, the Spade Brothers um, is to, you know it's not through violence or or anything else. It's you got to get the people to turn on Ace. Ace is attention starved and needs validation and approval. He lives for it. He's never yeah. had it. Um, and so, if you can get the crowd. This is supposed to be Ace's moment. He's supposed to win the belt, right? Right. Um, and so he's supposed to, you know, turn back to being a face here. 
you know, and win back the crowd's love and attention. And 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 Rooster says, but if you take that from him, he will crumble and the whole thing will turn into a mess, which Correct. is exactly what happens. They throw the Kleenex yeah. into the ring yet again. And Jack, you know, and Jack has been trying to tell Ace a few times at the, you know, by after being beseeched by his wife to do so, tell <laughs> like, tell him the truth. Um, <laughs> and he keeps trying yeah. and life keeps getting in the way and he right. keeps putting it off. And finally, you know, Ace, you know, they're, they're throwing the tissues and Ace looks at Jack as they're on top of the ladder for the final spot. And he's like, did you do this? And he was like, not this time. Right. At which that, point uh... Ace goes to pieces and begins to beat the shit out of Jack. Um, right. Like, and, and to, the, to the point where the crowd has turned on these two guys. Like, they came there to see a family-friendly... This is what I mean, like yet another example of, boy, if people were just a hair smarter and a little more self-composed, there wouldn't mm. be a show here. Um, so everything they've worked so hard for, when they, you know, they're so close to Shangri-La, they're so sh close to Nirvana, and, and because Ace can't keep his shit together for more than five minutes at a time, it all goes to pot. Right. And I half expected them, you know, the State Fair people would be like, never again. Yeah, you know, and we never allowed wrestling back for the next ten years. Um, but Co uh, Cobra Cat situation. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, so Ace, you know, Ace beats beats up Jack, and you know, and I can't remember what all is the reason she got in there, but she's inspired to get in there, and she ends up um, working with Ace for a little bit. Then she works with Jack, and they they're both dead, and she climbs the ladder and she gets the belt. On the one hand, it's a little hokey. Ah, come on. It's a little hokey. It would be like if Sonny, in the middle of WrestleMania 12, won the belt. You know, between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Uh, well, here's the deal. She gets, I'm not saying okay. I didn't like it. I'm just saying so it's Jack, Jack is hurt at this point. Mm -hmm. He's like legit hurt. And well, neither one of them can get the belt at this point. They'll lose the crowd if they do. Right, and and then they and then she gets in the ring, and I can't, I, you know, uh, because while Bill's down, he looks he looks at her and says, well, "This is your full of shit." Well, yeah, he's down. He's he's he got poop coming out of his, his singlet, <laughs> and he looks at her and says, "This is your moment." And right. she's like, "Well, you have shat yourself, sir," <laughs> and gets in the ring, and um, so. Uh, and then that's when Ace looks, you know, they look at each other like, well, this is, this is her chance. Yeah. And he says, there are no better options. No, really. The, the reality no. of it is they have, they have blown this match. And they, then, you know, you know, but the crowd's going to go wild for this. Yes. And, and, and look, when I say it's like, it's like Sunny, she, again, she's a 90 pound girl and it's, it stretches credulity and it's hokey and it's very much of the current, but that's why they let her do moves. The it's, suplex, it's, the Hurricane yeah. Rana. She well, proved like, herself in that mo moment. It's an okay. In the narrative, because of what happens with this character, it is an earned moment. I'm not taking that away. And it's not okay. like I did not watch that and go, God damn you, Ronnie, with this horse shit. That's not my reaction. Oh no. My reaction was that's a visceral response. <laughs> my reaction was <laughs> this is a little hokey, but I'll allow it because it's earned. Um, okay. you know, ev everything that set that up wasn't contrived. It's all things that, you know, you could absolutely believe a 60 year old man in opiate shit his pants and does not want to climb a ladder with poop in his pants. Right. We've all been there, right? Um, you can absolutely sure. believe that Ace having, you know, 
lost his composure yet again, goes crazy on Jack, and they've created a situation where neither one of them can can win this match now. They will lose the crowd. Everything they've worked so hard for will go to pot. And so with no better options, this girl climbs it. My problem with it is only that one, again, 90-pound girl, two, it's very much of the current climate in terms of television. Oh, look, yet again, the girl got over on the two guys. It's a it's a minor quip. It, it it's, is. It's a, it's a minor quibble. I didn't even take it like that. I mean, I, I I could not help it. I get it. I, I now that you pointed out, I get it. It was just like Crystal's one <coughs> one of my favorite characters on the on the entire thing, just because she's it's, a decent it's, character. She's a decent person. Yeah, it's her. It, I mean, like it's not my favorite, you know, but mm-hmm. it's but it's Jack Spade is my favorite character, of course. He's great. I mean, He's great. He's a great character. And I, I mm-hmm. want to see that character development in him. Mm-hmm. And then Bobby Penn is my other favorite character. Right. Because he's awesome. And I, and I, that all shucks ma'am stuff is great. Cause that's yeah. kind of like me. Um, and I think, I think she's great because of the character development that you're seeing in her yeah. finally being, being bold enough and, and believing in herself enough to get in the ring and saying, okay, if, let's do this. Can you if, lift me? We're going to find out. If we you know? aren't either promoting a feminist, good, better, and different agenda in a project, or giving all the women, not, and or not promoting necessarily a feminist agenda, but at least giving all the women agency over men, I probably accept it for what it was, which is a well-told story with the right character doing the right thing in the end and having a happy sure. ending. Sure. And, and, and you don't get a quibble from me. My problem is this is one of a hundred million shows. Yeah, on television currently, where this is kind of thing is happening, and so it's like, can we are are we is that where we are? Writers' room across Hollywood, we can't figure out any other way to do things, but you know, in the end, the women must prevail. Like, all right, I yeah, uh, I can I can see that. I just saw I, it as an underdog character that that got her time in the light. There was another way to do that, you know. There's another. There's another way to do that to where you don't have to give it to her if you think hard enough and you write a different story. They wrote okay. that story purposefully. With, that had to have been in the back of someone's mind. Quit yucking my yum. <laughs> Sorry, yucking your yum. <laughs> yeah. For we can we stop talking about penises? Thank you. I well, this is a family show. Was not <laughs> talking. <laughs> Overall. About my uh, and I'll give you the last word here. I love this show. This is better than it had yeah. any right to be. This, you know, it, like stars is like if you think about all the different premium cable outlets, stars is like what 10? <laughs> you know, I I'm, like I'm, stars, but I, I get it. I think I've told people people I think also confuse stars with epics because they think it's the same one. You know, <laughs> <laughs> people, like you're like, oh, I'm watching this show Heo. So what channel is it on? Stars. Who the what the fuck is a stars? Um oh, so that's all I do. Oh, <laughs> So um, I wish more. I wish it was on a, a more known outlet so more people could see this. It's a great show. It is, it's definitely worth the time, and I was happy to talk about it tonight. Your thoughts, sir? I, it wrestling fan or not, you're gonna. I, I, I think you're gonna like it just because mm-hmm. of the storyline, the characters, the 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 development in it, and just the drama in it. I think I think people will like it no matter what. Yeah. Um, it is currently my. It's in my top five maybe three dip shows 
I was shocked Pat didn't want to talk about this or even like wanted to watch it. Yeah. I I I, ha- I really expected him to 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 be the one, not you, to be the one to be like, why aren't we talking about heels? But he apparently had no interest in this, which is wow. really shocking. Yeah, it, it, it that blows my mind. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's it's probably my top three right now of shows that I don't miss. That mm-hmm. uh, that right now, like it was killing me that they were releasing it weekly. Mm-hmm. give me the entire season now yeah well, i i you binge know, watch everything so i i knocked I this too. out in about two days but it was a it was an easy watch yeah. you know i yeah, wasn't looking at my phone the whole time right keeps you interested has a good story uh the the wrestlers that are there you know uh are all great characters as well mm-hmm. uh they have a lot of good chemistry and and amongst all the actors um it's just you know it's one of those shows that like you're gonna have to take a walk if you're like me uh or fast forward through wild bill's plane ride or uh, enjoy every dangling minute of it you could do that as well if you're mark <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's one of those shows where like i was i was curious and interested because i knew it was at least be halfway decent because of mm-hmm. Stephen amell yeah and then it turned out to be great. Yeah. So it's one of the better shows I've watched this year. It's even yeah. better than Lock and Key season two. I've heard that colonoscopies <laughs> are better than Lock and Key season two. I would not know, but I'm sure someday I'll find out. All right. With that said, <laughs> we'll be back to season two when it finally comes out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Excited. Um, yeah. Well, we'll do season two. Uh, the next time you see Ronnie on here will actually be um, Sunday night. Yep. We'll be doing a Damn You Hollywood um, double feature, as a matter of fact. Why not a triple feature? Because we all opted to drop the third movie. Um, I'm gonna <sighs> gonna rope my son. Yeah, I gotta tell you real quick. So the whole reason, like, there was a switch was um, my son watched Clifford, and uh, he's like, we should do review of this, and. I was like, you know what? I don't think Ronnie or Robert really want to watch Home Sweet Home Alone. Not to mention the fact that I think people, you know, it's getting terrible reviews. Yes. Like, that's a great one to watch with my son, who I'm yes. sure will think it's hilarious. Yes. Yeah. And then um, on right around Thanksgiving, if not the Thanksgiving day on HBO Max, is 8-Bit uh, Christmas with, um, what's his face? Doogie Hauser, Patrick, Patrick something or other. What's his name? Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris, yeah. So I showed him, I showed my son the trailer for that today. He was like, "We got to talk about all these." I'm like, "Perfect!" Now I have a triple feature, and I'm there like, "Yeah." Okay. Um, so that was a long rambling way to say that uh, we are just going to review, and we'll do it as a damn you Hollywood instead. Uh, Red Notice and Army of Thieves, and mm-hmm. that's gonna be Sunday night because the person I'm doing Tick Tick Boom with, everybody um, knows about Jamie and Diana. The musical is my friend's musical theater. Uh, friend, friend of the family, Elizabeth Faust, who was on the um, Feminist Perspective of Black Widow podcast. Well, she's coming back and she's going to talk about those three musicals with me. You've been spared, Ronnie. How about that? Yeah! <laughs> you don't have to talk about everyone's talking about Jamie anymore. Anyway, she had to do, she uh, she wasn't able to do it Sunday night. She has to do it Monday. So that's why we switched. Okay. Um, and then after that, I think is Why the Last Man is the next thing you'll be on. Okay. <laughs> Great. Why the last man? Yeah. Mm. That'll be fun. Um, it will be. I enjoyed the comic book, at least. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll talk. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, like, comment, subscribe to W2M, wherever you may find it. Ronnie, 
Yeah. What kind of music did you play during your D, your um, your game tonight? First of all, what did you play tonight in 50 I played less? Magic the Gathering tonight. Okay. Uh, so what looking... kind of music did you have in the background to uh, help accentuate the Magic Gathering atmosphere? Nerds complaining about each other's decks. And I said <laughs> decks of cards, not the other word. <laughs> that was the music. But when, actually, to be honest with you, the music that flows through the game store comes from the owner who sits behind the register. And she plays a lot of classic rock, which I appreciate. Ah, very good. Um, so if you are into the classic rock that you want to hear while you're excoriating your fellow magic users and their stupid decks, there you, you go. Can, <laughs> you Thank can you. click the link in our podcast in our description of this podcast at getamazonmusic.com slash W2M network. We're offering a free 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service. Uh, so let's get amazonmusic.com slash W2M network. Um, like I said, we are on all the podcatchers, you, um, iTunes, Apple music, Spotify, anything you th think of. We're also on YouTube and, uh, we stream on Twitch, uh, just about any time that we're recording anything, it streams to Twitch. Uh, we also stream on Facebook. There's a Rattledge and broadcasting Facebook page and a W2M Facebook page. And the same thing with Twitter, uh, as you can see on the thing, I'm at Mark Rattledge on Twitter. If you would like to yell things at me, I will respond in kind, uh, or just bear. kindly. And then there's sleepy bear over here. So Sleepy Bear, what would you yeah. like to tell the what would you like to tell the people that I forgot to change my name from Sleepy Bear to something else? That uh, you're maybe a miscreant and misfiant, or I am a misfit and a miscreant. That's it. which happens to be the title of our Twitch channel and our group of people that we play. Uh, we have an actual play Dungeons and Dragons stream that happens every other week. Tomorrow we will be playing session five. Is it Rise of the Frost Giant or some shit? It's called it is called Icewind Dale, Rhyme was, of the Frost Maiden. I was close. You were not close at all, sir. Um, <laughs> I, I said the word frost. You did say the word frost. Where it is, we are playing. My group of adventurers are beyond the spine of the world in a, a place called uh, Icewind Dale, and a uh, in a community called Ten Towns, where there are ten towns, and you can go travel between all ten of them. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I've got some great players. Uh, we are exploring, having fun. And I tell you what, they tell a heck of a story. So if you like a good story and you like to hang out with people and watch, you know, watch things, we picked up some better audio equipment. So each player has their own microphone so you can hear them clearer now. Cool. Uh, and it's really cool. Uh, I got microphones for like seven bucks. So I was like, yeah, let's do this. Um, but uh so on Misfits and Miscreants Twitch, uh, we have a, like I said, a bi-weekly, uh, I guess that's how you say it. Every other week we have a game. Um, and then I'm also working on, which will be coming soon, um, some Friday Night Magic content, uh, another game that's going to be starting up in the near future. Uh, we will have some other TTRPGs, tabletop role-playing games such as Monster of the Week, Kids on Bikes, Call of Cthulhu. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that came out from uh, that was uh, uh, we saw samples of on Free RPG Day, like Star Trek, Dune, uh, Power Rangers, Transformers, GI Joe, all kinds of tabletop role playing games that will I will be experimenting with and trying to get some people to to play at least one shots with me, just to show that there are other ways to tell these stories. 
Uh, but my main my main love is Dungeons and Dragons, and I will be playing that. Cool. Uh, tomorrow, also, uh, if you're watching this live right now, but on, on you know uh, Saturday the 13th, uh, I will be going with some of my players and uh, in, in our in you know in my D and D game. We will be going to the North Carolina Renaissance Festival, and I will be doing a little bit of live streaming from there. So it will be a lot of fun. Uh, so we've got a lot of cool, uh, cool crap coming up. So just if you want to hop over to Misfits and Miscreants, uh, you know, twitch.tv slash Misfits and Miscreants, give us a follow and hang out with us because I'll be doing some like cool giveaways and stuff like that uh, soon as well. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, we got, you know, uh, it's a lot of fun. And if there's nothing going on, I usually see my big old stupid head playing video games on there. All right. Thank you for joining us here on a TV party tonight for Heal Season 1. I'm Mark Radlich. That's Ronnie Adams. Be well, be safe, and behave.